0: Thank you uh, so much for coming on the podcast, Bear. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. This yeah, man, is, this is fun. I listened to, ever since I figured out you had a podcast, I listened to. I, I've only had time to listen to one episode, but it seems it seems fun. Thanks
0: oh yeah, cool. Which one did you uh, Which one did you listen to?
1: I listened to the first one, which was with Jackson. Right? Oh yeah, is that his yeah.
0: Name? yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's probably like my best friend. We like hang out all the time. <laughs> oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Your, your story with, uh, the learning how to, uh, dirt bike out in the middle of nowhere. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was, that was one of the biggest busts ever. It was, I mean, it was cool. Cause like I did learn, but it was not what we expected at all. <laughs>
1: yeah. The guy reading from the textbook it sounds miserable.
0: Oh my gosh. That that's, that's like my least favorite Type of thing too is when someone's just like, I get you have to learn the stuff, but when someone's so like detailed, like every single word, it's just, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but where are you, So you're in Atlanta right now, correct?
1: Yeah. I just moved here about a month ago um, because I started a job here. Um, and yeah, I had just graduated in May from UC Berkeley out in the Bay Area. And then kind of was just hanging on around with my parents in between then.
0: Dang, that's a big change going from California to Atlanta. What's a, yeah. What do you, and what are you doing in Atlanta?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm a financial advisor an analyst at Deloitte um, who's got an office downtown here. Um, yeah.
0: Nice. How do you like that so far?
1: It's good. It's, it's challenging. I mean, I, I studied business in college, but. I, I mean, I don't think there's any degree that just, like, fully prepares you for any job. Like, yeah. there's always going to be a large learning curve, I think, for for most um, jobs like that. So, I, I've i definitely got a lot to learn, but I am enjoying it so far. I think it's going to be a great place to start my career and everything. And, yeah, I've already met some really cool, intelligent people. So
0: That's awesome. Yeah, and... Uh... What's it like going from California to Atlanta? Because I would imagine that's a pretty big shift.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I grew up in where you are in the Jack's Beach area. And that was a big move going from there to California. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On
0: the other side of the country. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: And, you know, it was a hard decision to make. But I ultimately was like, you know what? This is college. It's a new chapter of my life. Go out there do something different, get out of your comfort zone and, um, meet some new people, different types of people and cool people. And that's what I did. And I really enjoyed it. California is actually a really fun place to go to college. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, it's freaking freaking beautiful out there. Oh my God. Um,
0: It's definitely one of the prettiest states in the world or country, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was blown away by that. And, um, I feel like I, utilize that to the fullest being out there. Um, so yeah. And then when I graduated, I was like, okay, let's do it again. Let's, let's go somewhere new and different. And, um, also just with the job market I was in with some of the options I had, Atlanta just seemed like the best place for me to go next.
0: Right. Yeah. So like in the world of finance, would it be kind of like New York? Would that be a top one too? Like yeah new,
1: yeah new york on the east coast is definitely the finance hub right um, yeah um and then on the west coast it's either la or the bay area bay area is more tech but um they you still get some um like vc stuff is in the bay area which is venture capital mm. um so yeah i mean those there i definitely could have stayed in california um and which would have been nice a lot of my college friends definitely like i found that most people that (laughs) go to california stay in california yeah which makes sense um but yeah i wanted to do something different in atlanta i've got two sets of like cousins and aunts and uncles here so it wasn't like completely unfamiliar um but yeah i it just seems like good fit for me. And so far I think it's worked out.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. I think that's, that's really impressive that you took that initiative to go out of your comfort zone for two really big moments in your life, like going to college and then starting your first job in the real world. Um, I'm kind of in a, I am in a like transition phase where I'm trying to figure out where I want to move next and there's are so many places it's like how, how can yeah. we go visit them all in the, like a year it's ridiculous um because I'm thinking like maybe west coast like that type of area like
1: maybe like in Idaho or
0: like Oregon or something like that I don't know but there's a lot out there
1: yeah I mean you can't really go wrong out there I they're all like every, I feel like every town on the west coast has got its own unique little spin on it but it's, it's so cool.
0: Yeah. Um, we were just in uh Wyoming and Montana and it was I mean j- amazing. Just one of the coolest places in the country.
1: Yeah. My my parents have a place in Big Sky. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I spent a ton of this past summer or this most recent summer out there and just just live basically living outdoors. It oh my was, god, yeah. It's so awesome. I I love it up there.
0: Yeah, you just have so much room to move around, I feel like you know? Yeah. It's just, you feel so free. It's amazing.
1: It's yeah, it really is.
0: And, uh, so another thing that I was wondering about, I wasn't sure. When did you start doing triathlon?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, a little bit of background, I ran track and cross country at bulls. Um, and was, that was like the first sport where I like was truly like oh my gosh, this, I've been doing all the wrong sports. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's about yeah, it. Yeah. Cause, Cause like before that I was playing tennis and like yeah. some golf and, and, um, just like some other team sports and like, I enjoyed it, but I never really had a, like a passion for it. And yeah. And then I started running. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like you get direct results from how much work you put into it. And that, that, that process was like really clicked with me. So yeah, was really into running. Um, but my body wasn't really holding up with it. I was getting a lot of stress fractures, a lot of injuries and that would take me out of running. Um, was
0: that because yeah. you jumped into it from having not done it and like you just jumped in and went at a high pace and a lot of mileage really quickly?
1: Well, it was interesting. So I I started running my freshman year um, and it was only cross country. I didn't do track until my junior year. And, and at that point, I was running at most like 30 miles a week. Mm-hmm. And the coaches at Bulls really did a good job of you know, not throwing me into too much mileage too quickly, which was good. So my first two years actually of running, I didn't have any significant injuries. Um, And then once I like quit all the other sports and like went all in on running, I was doing like upwards of 60 miles a week during the summer. That's when things really kind of, you know, like I couldn't keep up with it. On top of that, on top of that, (laughs) in high school, I was like, Five eight, like 130, 140 pounds, this tiny guy. And then then started growing, hitting my growth spurt and everything. Yeah. And so I feel like instead of growing up I mean, instead of growing like out and like support wise, I was growing up. So I f- just felt like my bones were, you know, not extremely able, like right able to support me for high mileage weeks like that
0: right like the pressure Um, and like your body just wasn't ready for it. yeah the
1: constant pounding you need to have really strong bones to be able to run that much yeah and if you're growing and and they're trying to like expand in length rather than strength then you'll run into the problems like i did Mm. um so yeah i had like four stress fractures through two years in high school
0: oh my god and that was
1: and that was partly like I just said, growing, but also me just being stupid and not knowing what my body could handle and not knowing proper training practices for running and that sort of thing. So yeah, I was, I was not able to run a lot. So to try and stay fit, cause I still was you know, addicted to that whole process. I was like, oh, I swam as a kid. Like I can do that with a stress fracture. Let me pick that back up again. And so I started doing that and, um, that I, so for a little while I was just swimming and, um, using that to stay fit and it was working. Like I would come back from injury and, and still run pretty good races and pretty similar times to when I was before. Um, that is really impressive
0: because that, I mean, it's very different workout. Like they're both cardio, but I mean, very different. yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was definitely surprised. Um, but I think it just kind of proves that like as long as you're working your cardio hard Mm. it doesn't i guess the mechanics do matter to an extent in terms of finding that that top
0: one extra 10 percent yeah
1: one or 10 percent of effort but i think 90 percent of it is just working your aerobic system interesting yeah i and i mean now that i've been doing triathlon for a while like i feel like that's true like like you can not run for a little while and keep biking and swimming. And yeah. I feel like picking running back up is fairly straightforward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then summer after my junior year, I, my, my uncle is a big triathlete. And so he kind of talked me into getting a road bike. And luckily my parents were nice enough to help me out with that. And my dad was a cyclist for a long time. Um, and his like, Late twenties, early thirties, so he was all for it, and so got me a bike, and then we started going out on rides on uh, Pontevedra Boulevard, yep. up and down A one A and everything. Uh, <laughs> the classic, yeah, the classic, uh, no turns, just <laughs> head down until <laughs> you turn around and get the tailwind. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and and that was fun, um, and so naturally, now that I was swimming and biking and running. I decided to do my first triathlon, um, which I think was the one that Mickler's. Yep. Um, and it's just a sprint triathlon and did not do super well. Like, like it's complete new made a bunch of mistakes and like died on the run big time. But, uh, I was hooked after that. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I guess that was a long-winded question of saying no, no, like, no, that was how long. No, good. But... No, no.
0: I think that was my first race, too. And I'm a I, year, yeah, I'm a year yeah. younger than you, but I uh, my first race was that Mickler's one. Oh no, maybe it was the next year when I don't remember. But I remember we started at a similar time period.
1: Uh, I was about to say, like, I remember at one of my very first races, like, like seeing someone similar my age out there and obviously it was you and um just kind of like both my parents and your parents are out there cheering us on and i remember that i was like oh shoot he must be close because they're they're cheering
0: (laughs) (laughs) and funny (laughs) enough our parents have known each other for a while too
1: yeah 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 yeah. and i think we have common friends i think you know the many audiences pretty well yeah i've known them since
0: we're like we moved here when we were little yeah
1: yeah, so I was really good friends with them through the cross country team right. and track team. Um So yeah, that's yeah, I think that's how we like started f- like you know, yeah, like talking to each other and everything. So
0: You you definitely had a more upward trajectory of it though than I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if we look at your last result, um that is very clear. Um for those of you who don't know, Bear just became the national champion. And, uh, that's pretty freaking impressive. <laughs> um, and so that was, the race was, was it different with COVID? Because, um, I know you were, you were racing for your school, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, man. and I want to
0: get back to, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So whatever you're going to say, I wanted to get back to, yeah, what we made can, you decide we... to go to Cal for that.
1: Yeah. We can get that. We can get yeah. back to that. So, yeah, collegiate nationals this year um, yeah, it definitely was not the usual setup, so my freshman and sophomore year when Rona wasn't a thing we it was around April is when usually collegiate nationals were, mm-hmm. and they hold it on a weekend so that and there's usually three races there's the sprint draft legal um which was held on usually the Friday and then there on the next day there was the non-drafting Olympic and then there was a mixed team relay after Mm. that so yeah and it was actually a huge event you'd get colleges from all over showing up yeah my freshman year it was Mm. in Tuscaloosa Alabama and uh we uh yeah and that year I was still kind of like getting into the sport and um, figuring things out. So I didn't do super well there, but um, was still like one of the top placing like freshmen. Um, Not that that matters at all, but (laughs) I was like, um, yeah, so that's how it normally is. And then the next year, my sophomore year, it was in Tempe, Arizona. Mm. And then that's where I kind of had my breakthrough like performances. Like up to that point, I hadn't really – done super well in any sort of triathlon at all and then at that race i, ra- I raced all three races for my team um which oh my normally, God. yeah yeah <laughs> normally for the sprint draft legal you only have two people max per team compete on that and then the olympic non-drafting is kind of like the 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 main event where every person on your team can compete in that and then the top four score kind of like cross country um uh, and then the mixed team relay, you have two girls and two guys on your team and you each do a mini triathlon. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And that's super fun. It's like fun a super too. sprint, right? Yeah. It's a super sprint yeah. relay basically. Yeah. And that's super fun. Cause it's after everyone's already raced and everyone's kind of like laid back and everyone's cheering you on. So yeah, that was cool. So yeah, I ended up doing all three races for my team because I'm a pretty strong swimmer and for those draft legal races, it really favors swim heavy um, athletes. Because if you swim well and get out and then you get in a bike pack in the front, then you kind of stay in the front. So so yeah, I was like one of the strongest swimmers on my team. So they had me do that. And I ended up getting like 12th out of 75-ish in the sprint draft legal. Wow! And then woke up the next day and did the non draft Olympic and ended up getting fifth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. And I was the <laughs> I was the first person to finish who had raced the day before. Oh my and, god! And in college, uh, at these collegiate like national championships, the only rule is that you have to be enrolled at a college, so you don't have to be an undergrad. So. A lot of these guys yeah, that I was racing were like 27 year old PhD students who had been well, doing the, triathlon yeah. for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> the people who uh, were on the
0: Queens team, the top guys, they were all grad students at Queens. Yeah. And like you said, they'd, they'd either been in undergrad as like collegiate runners or swimmers or something. And now they're doing triathlon or they've been doing triathlon for like 10 years.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that was pretty crazy result for me because that was a legit field. Uh, the person who won, Jack Felix, who I think, do you yep. did you know him he, when you went there? He was on, yeah.
0: he was on Queens, yeah, yeah,
1: the, yeah, yeah. I knew he was on Queens. I just didn't know if you guys overlapped at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, he won that year and ended up going pro. I think after that. Yep,
0: he he, he raced for Super League for a little bit. Oh um, yeah, yeah, and he he had like some legit sponsors. I think he was sponsored by Hoka. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. And he's not, I don't think he's doing it anymore, but he was, he was really good for like, he was up there for a good bit.
1: Yeah. He was super good. He blew by me on the run early on. So I knew but he I ran at Clemson. Yeah. He's a very, yeah. very good runner. Yeah. Him and Justin, I think both ran at Clemson and yep. um, quit to be, do on, and they, uh-huh. they've done well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think that I was like the first person on my team to finish and getting fifth and still three Queens guys beat me. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys were, you guys are always so strong. Um,
0: yeah, they're a good. But yeah.
1: So yeah, that was, that was kind of like my first breakthrough race. I was like, shoot, okay. I can actually like do pretty well at this. And so then I was all set, all head down set for training for next year's nationals because, um, I was like the top returning undergrad, for mm-hmm. the next year and i was only a sophomore at that point so yeah i was i was really <laughs> shooting for it and then uh obviously we all know march 2020 covet hits and yep. all of our lives change and i'm like and all my races get canceled i'm like what is life anymore and yeah. i kind of struggled to keep training because I just, like, really didn't have any motivation anymore because there was just no timeline of when I'd be racing again. I didn't even know, like, if Collegiate Nationals would happen that year, the next year. I had no right. clue. Um, yeah, so, obviously, that whole year, 2020, I was online at school um, and ended up being online through my last semester at Berkeley, which was past May. Yeah. And yeah. And then there was no Collegiate Nationals for 2020. There wasn't Collegiate Nationals for April 2021 either. And then I graduated and I was like, well, I guess, you know, there's no, there's no finish to this story. And, and then like right near when I graduated, they announced that they were going to have the 2020 2021 in quote marks collegiate nationals yeah. and it was going to be piggybacked onto another triathlon the Malibu triathlon yep um which is a big race they usually a bunch have, of
0: celebrities like, do it
1: yeah it's a big celebrity race yeah. um, like this year they had uh Toby from the office uh, <laughs> he was running it and then uh Schmidt from New Girl was there too yeah. I, I don't know their actual actor names, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I know them. So that was kind of funny to see them. But yeah, so they piggybacked it on, and it was in September rather than April. And yeah, and at that point, I was already like moved on to doing some longer distance stuff. Like I'd done some 70.3s this year. how and those go? They went good. They went good. I yeah. um, ended up doing four of them. Wow. Um, and I qualified for worlds, which Whoa. happened to be the weekend before collegiate nationals. So um,
0: you're telling me a week before you did this Malibu triathlon race, you had already done a half Ironman. Yeah. Like seven days before. Jesus spare. <laughs> was that on purpose? I mean, like, did, was that like okay with you or?
1: No. So when I qualified for worlds, I qualified back in May, um. And when I qualified, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take my spot because this sounds awesome. And it's something, it's like a big race to train for, you know? Yeah. And at that point, I had no clue that collegiate nationals would even happen. And then when it gets announced, it's the weekend after. I'm like, oh, God. Um, (laughs) I guess I'll just have to do both. Oh, Um, my God. So that's what I did. I did Worlds, finished, didn't, like, exercise at all i mean i did but like you barely call it working out just like keeping the body moving right um, to try and work out some of the fatigue and um it it wasn't quite enough i felt it very hard um during especially during the run at collegiate nationals but um you know i mean that's why you train super hard you train super hard so that you can have a race that's not perfect and still do well.
0: (laughs) That's crazy. Do you think having done that half Ironman a week before kind of gave you the mentality of, Oh, this is nothing. Like this is going to be no problem.
1: Uh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, this, this was the first year I like actually raced like a a race longer than an Olympic distance. And, um, and I, man, it, it, you go from racing for two hours to racing for over four hours and Huge difference, huge jump, huge jump. And obviously it's been a learning curve and I still have a lot of room to improve at that distance. But yeah, in terms of mentality, like I went out there and did an Olympic and it's like, what this it's over already. Like, <laughs> like that was, that was nothing. Yeah. So so yeah, I mentally it definitely helps, but pain-wise it still hurts a lot. Oh, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is that's so impressive though. I mean, uh, there's not a lot of people who would <clears throat> sign up and knowing that you would have to do it a week later. I mean, that's just crazy. How was the performance at Worlds though? Were you happy with that?
1: Um, yeah. It w- Worlds was pretty crazy. Um so they, they have like 4,000 people there racing in one day and they, since it's like age group national or like, since it's worlds, they split you up into age group waves. And I, through luck of the draw, I was like one of the last men's waves to go,
0: mm.
1: which means all the like 70 year olds, 80 year olds are starting ahead of me. Um,
0: what? Um, Why is that?
1: You know, I don't quite understand the system. I think it's either raffle based or random drawing, or they just kind of like rotate it each year. But yeah, basically, they, they, and then they start the waves like seven minutes apart. So immediately, like within two minutes of swimming, I'm already catching the people ahead of me. Yeah. And, and basically through the whole race, I'm just like, Dodging and weaving through people oh to my try, God. <laughs> try, and get a clear line.
0: That <laughs> is there's ridiculous. just so many people out
1: there. Yeah, yeah. So I start like an hour and a half after the first people start. So yeah, the whole race you're just swimming, oh. biking, and running through people, which was tough. And then on top yeah. of that, the weather was wild. So it was worlds was in Saint George, Utah. Um,
0: oh, that's which, right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Which can get really hot. Yeah. So I was worried about that, uh, and then of course on race morning, it's it's like like ten degrees cooler than it's supposed to be, which sounds great. And then about twenty miles into the bike, I figure out why, and it's because these clouds just form up, and then it just starts torrential downpour, hail, forty mile per hour winds, and <laughs> like. <laughs> craziest race conditions I've ever raced in oh my I, god yeah from like one moment like feeling like no wind at all and just down in my arrow bars like head down yeah to all of a sudden like oh gosh like I'm getting pelted by hail and holding on to my base bars just trying not to get blown off my bike
0: oh my gosh
1: and and luckily everyone's experiencing this at some point right. in the course um <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was wild. And some people were definitely ballsier than others. Like I was convinced they were going to cancel the race. Cause it was like lightning. It definitely didn't seem safe. Like people were getting off their bikes because yeah. they physically could not ride them. And then there was other guys who were just still in their air bars, just like leaning com- at like a 45 degree angle into the wind. Oh <laughs> like still gosh. just mashing. <laughs> and so I, I mentally kind of, checked out of race mode for a little while. Um, and
0: survival mode.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so for a good 15 minutes, it was, it was just these conditions and I was still pedaling, but I was not racing at that point. And then all of a sudden it just stops and it's gone. So wild. And, and then I was like, all right, I guess I'm racing again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, so put man. my head back down, start, start pedaling hard again. And yeah, it probably worked out because there's a really long climb at around like mile 45 in that course. And it's like three miles long. Whew. Um, so yeah, I probably worked out cause I it probably saved me some energy for that. Um, and then, yeah, the run, I'm still struggling to string together a run where I don't, like completely blow up in the last half of the half marathon. Really? Um, yeah, it's, it's just me being still being like 22. When you get into longer distance stuff, I think age really plays a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my metabolism is crazy. Like I'm taking in about 120 grams of carbs per hour on the bike, which is way more than any like pro or, or like, yeah, like older age grouper. Um, because my body just like physically, like can't my, I I just don't have the muscular endurance yet to just go at a tempo rate for that long. Right. So yeah, I, I, and it's my first year doing this distance. So it just, it's just going to take some time and I'll get there, but yeah, for now, it's, it's half marathons, just how long can I go until my legs stop working, basically. Yeah. Um, do you, which isn't do you, fun, but yeah. yeah.
0: Do go you ahead. do a lot of um, half marathon runs in your training?
1: Or like, do you go um, longer? So this year I really started bumping up my longer runs, and I worked up to like 16 miles. That's what um, I just
0: got up to. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And that seemed like a sweet spot. It was around two hours, which was Mm -hmm. around 30 minutes plus longer than I was on my feet during a race. And yeah, I felt like that was like the sweet spot for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, for a little bit, I was running a ton. Like, I don't even know why. Like I, at first I was like, oh, I'm going to do. Five miles today, 10 miles tomorrow, five miles the next day. And I was just going to go back and forth. And I was like, and then I was just like, oh, I'll just do 50. And then I started doing 55. And I was like, hmm, this feels good. Let's let's go up to 60. And then it's 60. And then I was like, oh, maybe we should do 70 miles a week. And now I'm like, I don't want to run 70 miles a week right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Like, you'll, you'll have one week where you're super motivated. And you can mm-hmm. crank out numbers like that. And then you wake up on Monday and everything's reset, and you're like, oh, like I have to do that again, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that yeah, that, totally, so about that i'm I'm curious, like obviously, you did triathlon at Queen's for a little while, and yep. then um, I know you left the sport for a little while, right, yeah, and then, and then now I've seen you on Instagram, you're crushing these <laughs> these morning runs at like five a m and like going like six minute pace how when did you start picking that back up again? And like, yeah, what's where'd the motivation come? Yeah. For that?
0: So it actually kind of came from when we were in Wyoming and Montana and we were doing these hikes, like these like 15 mile hikes. And it was just, it was epic. Like it was just so much fun. Like we had, there was literally this one hike where there's this huge switchbacks and I'm just like smiling ear to ear. I literally start running up this thing. Cause it's just like, it's epic. And I was thinking, like, what is the best way to get in shape for stuff like this? Because, like, this is what I really enjoy doing. And then, so, I like, I looked at someone like Cameron Haynes. I don't know if you know who he is. I he's, don't know who that is. He's but... a really big-time bow hunter, and every day he runs, like, at least 14 miles. And he's just oh, an wow. absolute animal and he lifts every day like he's jacked and he's a really fast like he does like the moab 240 or whatever it's called Um, oh my gosh yeah he's he's like up there he's like friends with goggins and like they run together like they're just nut jobs um but i was like oh that's like like i can kind of get behind that like if i could get to the point where i'm just running a ton of miles and that would make me really fit for like anything i'd want to do in the mountains um so then I just kind of dove into it and I I, admittedly I dove into it a little too hard because and that's what I do tend to do sometimes like exercise like I just kind of go into it way too hard too quickly and my parents are always like hey like let's back it down we're not doing this for school anymore like you can be normal Um, so I just kind of went into it really hard and like you said like exactly what you said with the running like you can instantly see improvement and I was seeing improvement really quickly and that was the most satisfying thing like on a weekly basis I could see my mileage going up and my pace was if it wasn't staying the same it was like getting faster and so that was super inspiring to see and I just also liked the ability that I knew I could just wake up and go run 10 miles and just like crush it you know so it was kind of like this empowering feeling like waking up and the crack of dawn and just getting out there and hammering out miles
1: yeah it's such an awesome feeling like yeah finishing that and then being like man there's people who haven't even woken up yet like hell yeah. yes let's go <laughs> it's
0: it's so great and i live in jack's beach now and i run the same route every time but it's it's like near the, I'm like two blocks from the water so I can like see the sunrise coming up and like some of the runs I'll be finishing like when the sun's coming up and it's just like, this is the best thing
1: in the world. Yeah. Do you, do you run up towards like Atlantic beach and stuff? Those roads No, right
0: I, I I actually never go to AB. I only go to, oh, B. really? yeah, I don't know why, the, when, whenever I try to run to Atlantic beach, it always feels slow, <laughs> but like the route to PV <laughs> just feels fast. <laughs> I can't explain it.
1: That's funny because I was like the complete opposite. Uh, yeah, so I I lived in Neptune. Well, you you know where I lived because yeah. you came and took those photos at one time. But yeah, yeah, I was I was the complete opposite. I always wanted to run up towards <laughs> Atlantic Beach, and I always thought running the other way felt super long.
0: That's funny. Well, yeah. it felt really long when I did a a sixteen miler, and I was out past sawgrass country club and i was like oh my god i'm out here (laughs) (laughs) i was like because it's not a loop like there's no loops around here at all so like you said with the biking i mean you just have to go out and back and it that gets boring
1: yeah, and there's no bailing out either, so if you get to the turnaround point, you're like, oh, I don't feel too good, <laughs> you have to go all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I could walk, but it's like, I'm going to get back
0: faster if I run, so I might as well just keep running.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that happened to me this morning, actually. I was planning on doing eight, and my since I haven't been running every day, something I've noticed that when I don't do it every day my legs, it's like, they forget that I know how to run. And just like the joints and stuff start acting up. So this morning, they were, it was bad. It, it just like the quad and um, like, my knee was just really bothering me. I was like, Alright, I just got to walk for a second. And then fortunately, I only did it for a little bit. And then I got back going again, but it it hurt still. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. You said that, like, when I was trying to figure out my stress fracture thing and like trying to figure out how to stay healthy and be able to run consistently. Um, one of the guys who helped me out a lot, his philosophy is literally run every day. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but you just have to run every day. Yeah. And which seems counterintuitive, right? Cause like why, why beat up your body every day running? It seems like you'll get more injured doing that but the philosophy around it is like if you do it every day your body is like oh okay like this is a this is a daily thing like i, I got to figure this out we adapt to you know what it what it you know being able to absorb this every day no i and totally so, think that's true yeah yeah and it, i've stuck to that and it's it's worked really well for me
0: so do you um, so you do you run every day now
1: um you know, it, I don't do it every, every day, but I, if I don't run five times a week, then yeah. I don't like, that's a, that's a short week of running for me.
0: Right. Do you have a pretty strict training schedule now that you're not being coached by like the coach at school or do you, are you making your own stuff as you go? How are you getting that done?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's seasons, right? So I just finished. the the main part of my season. So I'm kind of off season right now, which is nice because there's less structure involved. It's more of just kind of get out and just exercise every day, just like stay active. Um, But once like once racing starts up again, then yeah, I kind of follow a particular routine with certain workouts on certain days per week and And then also, yeah, just trying to hit targets like running six times a week or, you know, running for – or biking for this amount of time throughout the week. So So
0: you've kind of just put it together from, like, your years of experience and kind of created something that works for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely – I think it's definitely one of those sports where you just have to learn things the hard way in terms of what your body can handle. Um, And then – Also just, you know, learning what your body reacts well to and what it doesn't react well to. And yeah, I feel like I've tailored it pretty well to what I'm, my strengths and weaknesses basically.
0: Yeah. I'm curious to see how, how you perform like further along without being in a um, team scenario and like being on that stricter schedule, because once I was just doing it for fun. I noticed a dramatic improvement in my performance. Like I did a race like a few weeks ago. Um and it was the Mickler it was it was at Mickler's and Oh, you were there? That's yeah. so funny.
1: My my sister, my older sister and her, her boyfriend, they just did that and that was their first triathlon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And they they freaking loved it and Yeah, it was um, a good one. Yeah, it, and what was I going to say? Um, they say they see you running all the time because they live really? in in Jack's Beach, Neptune Beach area, too. Oh, yeah. that's
0: so funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you had an older sister, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, she's, she's, um, she's technically my half-sister, but, I mean, I grew up with her, so I yeah. consider her my sister. But, yeah, she's... Um, she lives down there. My parents don't live there anymore. Right. They moved to Dallas, um, my sophomore year of college, but, but yeah, they're still down there. Um, yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah. You did that. Yeah. How'd you do? Did you win?
0: So I thought I was going to, um, to be honest, (laughs) (laughs) but so here is, this isn't like an excuse, but it is kind of valid. I had only ridden my bike three times. In the week leading up to the race, and Mm -hmm. the like, the the time before that was like five months beforehand. All right, so I hadn't been on the bike in like five months, and I had done a few Peloton rides or whatever. But it's not this. I mean, you know, it's not the same thing. It's not the same. It's being out there, especially with wind conditions and stuff like that. Um, so I had swam a very very tiny bit five times in forever. I mean, I don't remember last time I got into a pool. I just wanted to make sure I still knew how to swim and didn't drown. And then obviously I'd been running a ton. I mean like, like 55 plus mile weeks, week after week after week. So I was pretty confident in my ability to run. And I was kind of figuring, like you said, like that aerobic ability would just translate over to the cycling and the swimming. I was like, it's a sprint. So I'll just get through it. The current will push me through. It won't be that big of a deal. And I don't know if they told you this, but the morning of the race, the water was kind of rough. Like it got up to like four foot swells. I mean, it was clean. Like it wasn't super choppy, but it was pretty decent sized rolling waves. And this race started super late. And as we were all waiting on the beach, like it almost looked like it was just getting bigger. And I'm like, all right, they're probably going to cancel it and just make it a biathlon, which would be great for me. Cause I would crush that. Cause it'd be more running. Um, And they didn't do that because they were like, all right, we're about to start to swim. And I was like, all right, we're about to drown. Um, (laughs) They,
1: They told me it was miserable.
0: Yeah. I mean, the moment I dove in and started swimming, I swallowed a bunch of water, couldn't see anything in my goggles. You would get up on the face of a wave, and then you'd fall down four feet, and then you'd have to reorient yourself. I mean, I had a decent swim time, but it was not because of my swimming ability. It was because I got lucky with some waves. Let's be honest. <laughs> and so then that was, that was fine. Got to the bike and I'm probably in like seventh or something on, on the right now on like going into the bike. And I get onto the bike and I'm like, Oh my God, this is why you train on the bike. Cause this is so hard because I was on my road bike. Cause after I left Queens, I didn't need a tri bike anymore. So I sold it and all these other kids, all the Florida team, like the Florida club team guys are there and they're all on like their tri bikes, like you would for a tri triathlon. And so they just passed me and I'm like, all right, that's how it's going to be time to go to work. (laughs) And, uh, when I came into the, so the bike, then it was like a 15 mile an hour head tailwind going out. So I'm going like 26, 27 miles an hour on my road bike, feeling awesome. Turn around. I'm going like 19, 20 on the way back. Dude, I know that feeling way too well. It sucks so bad. It's so (laughs) mentally defeating also because you feel so good. And then you hit a wall just for 12 and a half or however many, six and a half miles back on A1A. It was just, and it didn't close the roads or anything. So cars are whizzing past you the whole time which was, like, bizarre, um, and then, fortunately, once I got to the run, I felt good, and if, I think if it had been a 10K, I think I would have won, because every step I took, I was moving up on the guys ahead of me, like, there was, like, a two-minute gap, and then by the time the 5K was over, it it might have been less than a minute, and <clears throat> I had the fastest run split of the race. I got fourth overall.
1: Well- what was the split?
0: I think it was like a five thirty something, like a five thirty four or something like that.
1: Dude, yeah, that's that's solid. Uh, yeah, that's it was. Like, it felt was, good. Like that's that's yeah.
0: It, everyone was like, "That was because I think the the other guys was like six thirties or something." Like I, it was just very clear that all I do was run because <laughs> um, I felt <laughs> really good. I was like, "Let's do this." Um, but if it had been a 10K, it, the, the perfect race for me would have been, like, the same swim, a shorter bike, and then, like, a 10K run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, it was good. It was it was humbling, definitely, because I always, like, I, I don't do them often enough to where I, like, think about them consciously. So when I do them on the rare occasions, it's always kind of a reminder, like, this is a very tough sport, and if you're not actively training for it in the proper ways, it'll kick your ass.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, how, cause one thing I'm curious about is there's nowadays, there's a lot of schools that offer pretty good triathlon programs, um, whether it's a club or like Queens had a legitimate varsity program, which is a little
1: more rare, but still, um, I think they're still like one of the only ones really that do that. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, it's because they don't have a football team, so they allocate a lot of money for like a bunch of weird sports, like it, men's yeah. and women's rugby, men's field hockey. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's
1: it's kind of funny. Queen has a um, not the best reputation among all the other collegiate uh, clubs and stuff. Really? Yeah, How because, so? Yeah, because because of the whole varsity thing and getting foreign exchange students to come. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. Um, Dude, the whole which, team's foreign. I, mean, <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. And so, yeah. they. Yeah. I'll just say I won't say anything more than they, yeah. they do get a lot of shit from a lot of other collegiate clubs.
0: Um, I can see how that would be a problem.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. But, I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't really care. I always want to be – I don't care if you're getting – pay to do triathlon if you're doing triathlon and you're training hard like that's all i really care about i want to compete against people who you know take it seriously yeah and that's why i always liked racing against queens
0: yeah um, they definitely take it seriously
1: yeah um, and definitely have my best races against them too
0: yeah but uh what made you decide to go to california what was that like was triathlon part of that disc? like reason or is it kind of like an afterthought
1: it uh it was definitely an afterthought. Oh, okay. and it was kind of funny. I, yeah, I had no intentions of like, like I knew they had a triathlon club, yeah. which like, I just wanted, I just like checked real quick. Like, Oh, I I'm kind of into triathlon right now. Do they have a club there? Oh, they do. Cool. <laughs> but the main reason was just for academics. and oh, stuff. Oh my gosh. That's um, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: cause their club is really good. I mean, they're definitely yeah. one of the top programs in the country.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> So, when when I showed up and, like, went to my first practice, I was like, Jesus, there's, there's, like, 120 people here. There's like, that many is, people on it? There's that many people. Oh, my God. We, uh, now, I didn't realize that Cal's kind of, like, an exception to that. We always have the biggest team by, like, double or triple at Collegiate Nationals every year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but we have, like, 200 paying, like, members, on our team every year. I, I know it's wild. That um, is
0: so many people on a
1: triathlon club. I, it, it is. And, um, now Corona had some effects with that. Yeah, sure. But yeah. Before, before that, before Rona, we'll, we'll just stay with that. It was, I showed up and I was like, oh my gosh, there's literally so many people and it's legit. There's like a coach <clears> and, um, there's all these people who were like swimmers in high school. They yeah. ran in high school. There's people who did mountain biking in high school. Cause it's, it's huge over there in California. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just turned, it just, I was really, really lucky to show up to the school that I'd gone to for academics and like join this club. And it happened to be yeah. just awesome and great infrastructure. Like there's, there's like a 15 person like board, like team. Like, board of directors for oh, the whole team. Oh, my gosh. To keep, I mean, which makes sense to have a team like that. Yeah. It's so big, run smoothly. And yeah, and just like it turned into basically my whole experience out there. Oh, that's I just awesome. Met so many cool people who had so many different backgrounds in terms of like exercise and why they even started doing triathlon. And, and yeah, it, it was a very, very special team. Um, and yeah, there are other, so it's a collegiate, um, club team, which means anyone can join, um, because it's just a a club sport. Like Mm. if you go signed up for club soccer at your college, like anyone can do that. So, so yeah, that's how this team was able to get so big because, um, like they, they straight up, like, hand out flyers and do marketing for the team, like, in the middle of the college, like, square. So they get people just from, like, all over, and, and people in California are so outdoorsy, so they, like, pick up a flyer, and they're like, what is this, like, triathlon? Like, what is that, like, swimming, biking, and running? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll just come out and try it. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. And just, I cannot say enough how lucky and and thankful I was to be like the school I chose to go to happened to have this great team and hook me onto the sport.
0: So. Yeah, no, that, that's so awesome because there's definitely a lot of good clubs out there, but there's only a handful of ones that are like, is affiliated, you know, and as official as that, you know, you got like Cal, obviously like CU, I think is one of them. Cause they're a top yeah. program. The team at Navy as it's like, it's a club for them and they also yeah. are awesome. Um. So I mean, there's really I, I'm sure there's a couple others, but it's really cool that like you got to experience that because that's that's special.
1: Yeah, and and the trend with those teams is if they've got a good support system, you get athletes who just get really committed to it, and then they get good, and that's how like teams like Colorado win eight years in a row, right? Um, <clears throat> and yeah, and, and and Navy has an Army too. Mm-hmm. They all do super well. And yeah, it's just having that, like having the community that's inclusive and supportive and just treats it as like, just almost as an activity that you do for fun with your friends, that it, it's funny. It's just how that turns it into more than that. And, and you take it more seriously once you have all these friends who like want to take it more seriously with you too.
0: Right. That And that kind of goes back to what I was saying, like how my performance is better when I'm just kind of doing it to enjoy it. And, um, I, I think that makes a big difference. And I think if you can bring that into an actual team, it's, it's like unstoppable.
1: I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree.
0: Um, so one thing that's interesting is there's people who have done triathlon since they were like kids, you know, they've been doing it for forever. And then you are someone who relatively speaking we're kind of new to the was kind of new to the sport yet you're one of the best at doing it you know how do you do you think that the lack of experience plays a part into your success because you maybe didn't have time to pick up bad habits or you didn't get burned out from it
1: that's uh, that's a good question um, i think it's a it's almost a little bit of both and a little bit of like almost the opposite. So I think just being active in general, just growing up, just doing all sorts of sports gives you a big advantage. And for me, even even luckier for me was swimming. If you, if you learn how to swim when you're like four or five years old and you get someone who actually teaches you correct technique and swim form. I think that just plays such a huge role in, in like picking it back up down the road. And yeah, because swimming is out between biking and running. It's the only sport that actually like really, really matters more about your technique rather than your fitness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started swimming again in high school, I, I had swam for five years as a kid and I had learned really decent technique and was like a pretty good little swimmer when I was a kid and it just kind of stayed with me. And I hopped back in the pool and like started doing strokes again. And I was like, okay, I remember this, this is how it's supposed to feel. And it just, it clicked really, really quickly. Hmm. Whereas other people who get in the pool for the, and start swimming laps for the first time in their lives, they just feel, they feel like, they're drowning so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. They feel like they're drowning. And I, I think that part, especially with swimming is, is really was really important for me in terms of developing that part of the triathlon. Now, in terms of biking and running, I think at biking was, I didn't really start seriously biking until I went out to California because there's, crazy Hills and stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. And it's, it's beautiful and they have bike lanes out there. So it's actually like safe to go out and do it. Um, so yeah, I just, just started biking as much as I could. Um, and, and purely because it was just so much fun out there and, and all my friend, like all the people I met through the team, you know, they were better than me. So going out and learning from them and just riding a ton with them, It was just really quick, um, really quick skill like that I picked up. And again, I feel like having ran in high school, I had an aerobic base that, uh, after a while transferred over and developed and, um, yeah, just kind of made it so that I was solid in all three sports. And that's kind of what I love about triathlon is you only have to be you don't have to be top like 0.1% of a sport to do well. Yeah. You have to be like top 5% of each sport right. to do really well. And that's what I love about triathlon. You just go out there and it's like you don't have to be naturally gifted in one, you have to work hard and be decent at all three to do really well. And yeah, I don't think necessarily it's a disadvantage to start it late i just think some circumstances you get a bit luckier than other people entering the sport
0: yeah that's interesting that uh that makes sense and i like what you said about being the top five percent versus the point one because a pretty successful triathlete i knew who's much older than us he once told me when we were out riding he was like yeah you just got to be a jack of all trades master of none like you don't have to be perfect at one thing. You got to be good at a bunch of things. And I've kind of taken that approach to out to outside of like fitness as well, where like I try a bunch of different hobbies, like just getting into different stuff. And I just cause I like to, to know a lot of things and I like to be decent in a lot of things, be able to do different stuff. And I think that's kind of an important trait that triathlon definitely taught me.
1: Yeah, that's. That's awesome. I. It's funny I, every time I check your Instagram. Like, oh, like what's Wilson's new activity going to be this week? Because <laughs> there, there was a time where you'd post nothing but slacklining, yeah, and then you'd post nothing but like, um, like now you're doing um, archery, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it, <laughs> photography, and, and, you archery, know, surf and you, yeah. yeah, you take photo- photos, really good photos at that. So it, it's it's really cool. I wish I had that affinity to just like try new things all the time, but I just get hooked on one thing and stick with it. But it's it's really cool. It's really cool. I, I <laughs> admire that that um, you really take jack of all trades <clears throat> to another level. Thank you. So. I, I appreciate that.
0: My bank account isn't as appreciative of it, but <laughs> my parents are a little tired of it, but <laughs> it's fun. It's uh, I, I just think there's there's so many things out there to do and there's so many experiences and this, there's so many different people also you can learn stuff from, which is like one of the reasons why I do this. And I think like part of our role is to like kind of learn all this. Like we can gather so much information and we can talk to so many different people. And that's kind of an amazing thing that we have the ability to do now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is long distance triathlon your future do you think you'll ever go back to the shorter course stuff or is it just pretty much going to be long distance
1: yeah so that's it's a tough question there's multiple factors that play into like what i feel like i'm going to be doing in the future it's it's tough because ironman is like the only like world recognized brand of triathlon mm-hmm. um like if you go to asia and you say like i do iron man they'll know what that is versus more almost like more than if you just say like oh i do triathlon like people know iron man more than like the sport itself
0: anytime and, i've told people i do triathlon they're like oh so you do iron man so it's like no like <laughs> there's yeah, other parts yeah. of it
1: <laughs> yeah and so yeah like no like no normal person who doesn't do triathlon is going to know the difference between a sprint and Olympic and drafting and non-drafting. And yeah. And then there's a, like a whole pro circuit for short distance stuff. That's, that's all draft legal. And it's like, yeah, if, if I really stuck with this sport, that would probably be the direction to go. Um, if I would really wanted to try and make triathlon, Like, or at least try and just do it on the pro level for a little bit, just just because it, you know, sounds fun to live your life, like just doing triathlon. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's, it's tough because I think, um, going back to the jack of all trades thing, I think that pro triathlon and draft legal short course triathlon is just comes down to a running race. Um, and and that's because you just have to swim well enough to get into the big bike pack that stays together the whole bike ride right because no one's mm-hmm. strong enough to break away and then yeah and then you just have a pack of 40 guys getting off the bike and just running a 10k literally as fast as they can um so and, and i'm not like i i'm a decent runner but i'm not that level of a runner yeah. and as we were talking about before it seems like all of the Short course triathletes are just gifted runners.
0: Um, well, look at someone like Justin Lippert, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, and and he even he would struggle right. in a pro circuit race, like run. Like, there's guys running sub thirty, sub twenty nine minute ten ks off the bike in in the pro level, which Nuts. I cannot do, <laughs> uh, no matter how hard I trained. So, yeah. And then you have long course. Which is, and, and back to that for a second, even the pros in short distance triathlon, you have to be literally like a top 30 triathlete to even make a living off of it. Yeah. and get enough sponsors to have like an, like an actual sustainable wage uh, or income. And then you get into long course and then you have the recognizable brand Ironman, which only does the full distance Ironman and the half distance Ironman. And there's there's a whole different field of pros for that distance because it's a whole different skill set you have you have to be a good swimmer, a good biker and a good runner um, and you can't just be like an insanely good runner and do well. And that style of racing is more suited to me even though I'm still not like entirely well... Um, Entirely, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but basically, <laughs> like, these long course athletes are, are actually able to make more of a living off of it because people follow Ironman way more than they do short course stuff. Right. And so sponsors spend way more money on long course athletes than they do on short course athletes. Now, all this is saying, all of me explaining this makes it sound like I'm trying to go pro, which I don't know if I'm going to my whole my whole point in saying that was like okay i think i'm going to do longer stick to longer course stuff for now even though i feel like a shorter course is probably more my like my peak performance right now mm-hmm. um and i still have fun doing both types of races um but i think going into the future it's going to be more of um Doing the longer distance Ironman stuff because it's more recognizable, and the competition's just better. If I showed up to just a local sprint or Olympic distance, I'm probably just not going to have too much competition, right? Um, because there's there's no name brand that attracts really really good triathletes mm-hmm. like Ironman does. So that's
0: such a good point. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird landscape. Um, the sport is growing a lot. I think the pandemic actually mm-hmm. helped with it um, because people picked up outdoor hobbies <laughs> when yeah. they were forced to be inside all day. Um, so that's good. I think the sport will keep growing at a really good rate. Um, and hopefully, you know, there will be another some more recognition in terms of, you know, bringing the whole spectrum of triathlon on more to the public which will be which would be good for the sport but yeah it's 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 a tough question um I think at the end of the day though as long as I'm doing some sort of triathlon I'll be happy
0: yeah and that that kind of goes back to you going outside of your comfort zone because like you said the shorter distance would be more suited to how you are as an athlete right now and the longer distance might be more challenging but you're going to stick with it. And through that, you'll, you'll get better and you'll gain experience. And then before you know it, you'll be
1: comfortable in that area for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, there's a race called escape from Alcatraz, which is a pretty famous one in, in the Bay area. I did that this year and it's, it's, it's not a standard triathlon at all. You swim, from, like, the island of Alcatraz to, like, um, Golden Cape Park area. Do you see any um, which sharks? Which is, like, a mile and a half. You know, <laughs> that's the first thing everyone asked. <laughs> which, luckily, I did not. But um, it, it was it was actually pretty similar conditions to what you guys had at Mickler's a couple oh. weeks ago. It was pretty choppy. And Jeez. There was people on my team who were, uh, like, swam in high school and... and Formerly swam on the Cal swim team, who were like saying they were getting seasick, like out in the water.
0: Oh my gosh. Like just,
1: yeah. Just stuff where you're just bobbing up and down, you're swallowing oh. a bunch of water, no rhythm at all. And yeah, and that's a really long, that's a longer swim than even a half Ironman swim. Right. And then the bike, the bike is only like 18 miles um, and it's really hilly. And then the run is like eight miles and it's like half of it's on sand. Oh, so, that's so it's a, weird. It's a crazy race. It's really cool because it's right in San Francisco. and Yeah. You basically do all your own little tour of the city. Oh, that's which fun. Is, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, that course suited me so, so well because it was non-drafting and it was short, short enough that, like, um, I could really push through the whole thing. And I ended up winning that uh, the amateur race by, like, Over six minutes.
0: Wow. Um, That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And it it just sucks that there's no. Like. Like that's obviously the. I felt so good during that race. It's obviously the best like distance for me. Uh But there's no traction around that specific distance. So it's just kind of like I've got to accept that, you know. In the state of triathlon right now, that's not that's not what what's sustainable. So I got to do other things. So
0: I feel like in the future, stuff like that will become more popular though.
1: Yeah, I I think so too.
0: Um,
1: yeah, I, I think part of it's just getting a cool venue and like escape from Alcatraz. Like, how can you beat that? You're like starting right next to the Island and you're swimming, like you're escaping from prison. Like that's a really cool concept. (laughs) Yeah. That's why it's like a really popular race and you get, thousands of people doing just that local race and you get pros doing it too um so yeah it's yeah the, the future triathlon's murky but um i'll be here for it i guess
0: <laughs> yeah and uh before you go because we're running out of time i wanted to ask you what advice you would have to someone who's starting out with triathlon or is thinking about getting into it or something like that
1: yeah i i I know we've been talking in like an hour now for almost <laughs> exclusively on triathlon. I I'm sure it's for people who are listening who haven't done triathlon before. It sounds really daunting. And, um, my advice to you is just set little goals for yourself. Like, you know, if, even if you haven't done, don't have any background in any of the three sports, just say like, okay, if, If I want to start working towards a triathlon, I want to at least try and swim, bike, and run, like, maybe once a week, just to, like, start getting the hang of what it's like to try and do all three of them during the week. Um, And then, yeah, it's all just a slow, slow building process. And for people who haven't done a sprint triathlon, it probably sounds like a lot, Um, I think, For those of you who don't know, it's like a 400-meter swim. At least it is in Florida. Um, In California, it's like 750 meters. Um, And then the bike's like 12 miles usually. Mm -hmm. And then the run's a 5K. So if if you think about that, it, it may sound like a lot to someone who hasn't done a triathlon before. But if you break it up into parts, you think, okay, if I can get to a point where I can just swim, 400 meters or 750 meters all in one go. That's that's a good little goal to work towards. And then if you think about running, if you think about, okay, 5K, that's three miles. If I can get to a point where like, okay, I can run three miles without stopping and feel pretty good by the end of it. And then the same thing for biking. It's actually pretty easy to string those together. A lot of people think that, combining the three sports makes it twice as hard it really doesn't as long as you have that base fitness in each sport you'll find that once you have to combine the three of them it actually isn't going to be that difficult so yeah that's my advice just break it up into parts and focus on one sport at a time and i think it'll come together for you much quicker than you expect
0: yeah that was that was awesome i I couldn't have said it better myself that's that's perfect advice and uh that can be applied to any type of fitness as well. Um, just don't bite off more than you can chew and start small. And then before you know it, you're there. Well, uh, that was a lot of fun bear. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I know we had some technical difficulties beforehand, but we got it all squared away. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. That was, that was a lot of fun talking to you, man. It's, it's yeah. Uh, it's been too long.
0: I know you got to come back down to Florida.
1: Yeah. I, I, Dude, my parents talk about it all the time. They they miss it a lot. So I'm sure I'll be back soon. And, awesome. I'm um, still having my sister there too. So I'll, yeah, I'll be back at some point for sure.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man.